0: All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I am Harrison Fagan, and before you click out on a podcast titled Let's Talk About Andre Drummond, and where, you know, it's with me, I promise, it is not Anthony Irwin here. You don't have to hear him rant about how horrible Andre Drummond is. We're going to try and have a nuanced conversation today about what he brings to the Lakers. And to do that, I could think of no one better, and I mean this, Sapan, than my friend, Sapan Deb of the New York Times, who is maybe the most well-known. Own Andre Drummond stand on the internet? Like what Nick Wright is for LeBron James, like you are for Andre Drummond. I think it's fair to say, you can correct me if I'm, uh, if I'm overstating your qualifications it's, for this.
1: It's an island. I will say, I'll say that much. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, that's like the, the Tobias from Arrested Development. There are dozens of us, dozens. Uh, that's how I feel. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're probably
0: dozens is probably the amount of people that like, are as well known for appreciating Andre Drummond on the internet as you are. And (laughs) like the first thing I want to start with before we actually start and talk about, like, I want to talk about the good of kind of his season, the bad kind of where we see it going, all of this stuff. And just like, you know, have just a multifaceted, try and have a nuanced conversation about Andre Drummond and how much his signing actually matters if we're overanalyzing this. But before we do that, I want to ask you, you have become like, I, I, don't even think I was following you at the time. I just see how many people tweet you that it's uh, like uh, about Andre Drummond's hall of fame candidacy that I assumed at some point you must've had a tweet about this. I could not find it. Can you, did you at one point write an article or tweet that Andre Drummond should be in the hall of fame? Like I need to know the story behind why every time there's an Andre Drummond tweet, people are like, (laughs) at the pandemic, like hall of fame worthy and stuff like that. Like I need to know how you got this attached to you.
1: I definitely tweeted a couple times. Uh, I don't remember how many times, but I tweeted that I think Andre Drummond, when his career is all said and done, will be an all thing. I put a couple caveats on that, if I recall.
0: (laughs) I appreciate the caveat that you added even just going into that sentence. You're like, look, when his career is over, I'm not arguing for this right now.
1: The caveat was, is that, it projected that he would put up similar numbers to what he was putting up before this year, except improving, that he'd have to do it for at least, let's say, six or seven more years. Because at that point, uh, Andre Drummond would have something like, I want to say, 13, 14 years of you know, kind of 17 and 13 numbers. And there's never been a player in the history of the NBA that has been kept out of the Hall of Fame, averaging those kind of numbers for 12, 13, 14 years. It's never happened. In fact, I'm going to, you know, I'll go off the top of my head, uh, five, six, seven, eight. He's averaged about eight or nine years of that already. Already. And he's turning, I want to say, yeah. is he 28? He's, he's 28. 27, I believe. 27. Okay, so if he does this for five years, five more years, not this, I'm not talking about Lakers this, I'm talking about general this. That means yeah. at 33, 34 years old, Andre Drummond will have something like 13, 14, 15 years of averaging a very, very solid double-double. Who in the history of the league has been left out of the hall of fame with those kind of numbers that was my case and i think i also wrote i wrote a new york (laughs) times piece about just like you know a couple things to look after for the year and i think early on i wrote i wrote a passage about andre drummond and and the and i wrote something along those lines like he's may at the end of his career have um a case for hall of fame but i also then added but there are some warning signs here because
0: <laughs> because nobody read the warning signs part of it yeah. i'm guessing
1: there, there are some warning because like there's a point where it's like yeah he's putting up these numbers but he's also really the the playoff success or as i say lack thereof is a really glaring hole in the resume barely making the playoffs you know and when he gets there not winning you know there there comes a point where you're like okay what's going on here but with that being said you know there just has never been a, in the case of there's never been a, a player who's been left out of the Hall of Fame with that kind of resume. It would be it would be a total departure from what the Hall of Fame has been. Um, when you are the, one of the best in history at a particular instance of the game, which Andre Drummond is unequivocally one of the best rebounders that's ever lived, and you're okay to good in other parts of the game, Andre Drummond is, I think, an okay to good defender. Um, he's an okay to good offensive player then you're probably getting into the Hall of Fame. Now, with that being said, on the Lakers, he has not been any of those things. You know? uh, (laughs) But you know what? The first two months of the season with Cleveland, he was really good. He was a very good defender. Um, He had improved his passing. He was inefficient on the offensive end. But in his defense, he was missing, you know, Kevin Love, uh, Darius Garland, and Colin Sexton for stretches and, you know, whatever. But he was putting up 20 and 17, something crazy like that. And and so m- maybe not that high. It might have been like 19 and 15, something like that.
0: Yeah, but I'm trying like, to scroll up. I have his basketball reference pulled up. It was yeah. he was averaging in Cleveland by the end of it. So I don't know. Like I, until he was averaging 17 and 13 and a half, 17 and a half and 13 and a
1: half. Yeah, and so I that's think-
0: still really good.
1: Yeah. And I think that last month he had kind of checked out, you know, yeah, once we yeah. got Jared Allen and his minutes were being cut and the team wasn't still, wasn't very good. He had checked out at that point.
0: I mean, there's a reason they asked him to go away, you know, like, yeah. and it's not because he was still putting up hall of fame worthy numbers.
1: Yeah. And like, if you're going to be a hall of fame level talent, and I'm not saying that he is, is that, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I think there's a difference between having hall of hall of fame talent and hall of fame career. Those are two different things. Um, You know, he got traded to Cleveland essentially for scraps,
0: you know? Second round pick. That was it. Yeah. like a second round pick in contracts to make it work.
1: And then he gets to Cleveland and then they tell him to go away, you know? So I don't know. Drummond's a really interesting, one of the most interesting stories to me in the NBA right now because he could be, here's a guy that in most other eras is a max player, maybe a top 20 player. He might be out of the league in two years. You know, he he might might go the way of Greg Monroe, you know, like, like former teammate, Greg Monroe, former teammate, Greg Monroe. That's exactly right. So anyway, have I given up on Andre Drummond? (laughs) No, but here's the thing about him joining the Lakers. It's really hard to join a team meets mid season. It's really hard to join a team missing its two best players mid season. It's even harder in the middle of a pandemic when teams, when there's a compressed schedule and you're, the team's not practicing practicing at all. You know? Um, so has Andre Drummond been good on the Lakers? No, he has not. But I think that he's also been placed in a really tough position. I mean, he places a hard work because he, he chose to sign with the Lakers, you know, but it's also a very difficult situation. And I think that this is not um, the end of the kind of road for Andre Drummond. Do you know what I mean? No,
0: I mean the road ends with the Hall of Fame. Clearly, after uh, after that case <laughs> right, that you just made, um, right. no. So I think there are a couple of things I want to hit on there, and like one of them is Andre Drummond was not just a max player in a past era. Andre Drummond was a max player in this era. That's why the Cavs couldn't get anything for him at the trade deadline, even on right. an expiring deal. Like they got him for scraps, they couldn't get anything back in exchange for even a rental on Andre Drummond because he was making so much this year, and so they ended up having to buy him out. Or I mean, they didn't have to, but. They chose to save money instead of paying a guy to sit at home, and totally understandable decision that I don't think ruined the league. Uh, you know, w- with everything that you know, cool. all the discourse around that and whatever. um
1: well, But can I? Can I? Can I? And not that I'm like Andre Drummond's agent or anything, but like, okay, when they traded for I mean, Jared are we L- sure?
0: Like after after Lakers Twitter just got yeah. catfished last week, I can't be sure right. who <laughs> anyone is anymore.
1: Like, yeah. uh, like Andre Drummond, like it made sense for Cleveland to trade for Jared Allen. Jared Allen, yeah. a young, dynamic player who is locked in for several years, whereas Andre Drummond is is he's only signed for the rest of the year. You know, like he he was probably going to leave Cleveland anyway. Exactly. So yeah. And, them, like it made sense for them to go get Jared Allen. You know, and and tell Drummond, and you can't play them together. You know, so it made sense for the team to be like, all right, Andre, thanks. You know. No,
0: this is literally guys like him are why the buyout market exists for. It's not like some ruin the league. Like it's a guy who was making a lot of money who didn't want to play a backup role, who the team was ready to move on from. They say they chose to do this. They chose to save some money. Like no one forced Dan Gilbert to like pay Andre Drummond a little bit less than his salary to go away and go play for the Lakers. He chose to do that. But anyway, like getting back to Drummond and kind of his fit on the team this year. The practice thing is an interesting one because the Lakers have only had, I believe 13 or 14 team practices this entire season it, it, that those have not all come since Andre Drummond joined the team I think they've only had about two since he joined the team at two or three maybe and so coming into that and then there's also been you know like a ton of upheaval on the roster otherwise because of all the injuries he st- comes in he starts out he's playing as kind of like he comes in off the street to basically be their featured post player because they're trying to get him integrated into the offense and get him used to stuff and get him, get him used to making plays from the high post and stuff like that. He has games where it looks really, really good, like against the Brooklyn nets. And then he has other games where it doesn't look so good. And then now he kind of gets thrown back into the situation where he's having to learn a new front court partner and Anthony Davis on the fly. They've had three games together. Now it's gone. Okay. I would say, I don't think it's like they aren't setting the league on fire or this is not like the whole entire league should be terrified of them yet, but they're starting to figure some things out. And I think like... I don't think that Andre Drummond has been as bad as some of the internet has kind of made. Like, I feel like he has become almost a basketball Rorschach test at this point for Lakers Twitter, where it's like everyone who likes him, it's like after the positive games, they're like jumping on and they're like, oh, like, you you know, this is why you sign a guy. I can't believe there were people that wanted Damian Jones or, you know, whoever (laughs) over this guy, Gorgie Jang and whoever over this guy. And then there are other people who like after he has a bad game, it's like, this guy sucks why is he playing over Marcus Gasol and I just feel like oh. as with most things the truth is in the middle there uh, just really quickly before you like I, I was I was looking at some stats but heading into this conversation and I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out like okay so about where do the numbers say that Andre Drummond is at we're 10 games into his like Lakers career there are only three guys right now that the Lakers are getting outscored with on the bench and it's LeBron it's Andre Drummond and it's Ben McLemore, which is mostly, like, a small sample size. He's only played, like, three games thing. Um, But, like, that in and of itself is good. He's had solid box score production. You know, I think he's been okay.
1: Yeah. And and I also think it should be, like, I think the game against Orlando, where he had, like, 12 and 11 on, like, 6 of 8 shooting, something like that, like... That's the kind of production you're probably looking for where he's not trying to do too much. Where Andre Drummond runs into trouble is when he decides that he's going to be the guy. Right. When yes. he gets the ball. He has all, a, like, it's almost he like javale at times. Yeah. Yeah. When he gets the, ball the free throw line and he faces up and he decides, oh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm dropping 30 tonight. You know, that's, it's Andre that's Drummond time. Because <laughs> he doesn't have the, a lot of offensive. He doesn't have a lot of um, moves. He's got a pretty okay jump hook. You know, he can back you down and dunk on you occasionally. You know, um, he doesn't have much of a jumper, you know, but he can occasionally hit one. But he's really got a jump hook, and that's really it. and like a very unreliable spin move, you know? But yeah. the problem is sometimes he doesn't he thinks he can do more than that, you know, and and that's where he runs into trouble. And so if he is just focused on defense rebounding, and and like, you know, converting opportunities when they come to him, letting the game come to him, which I know is a freaking basketball cliche, and I know that. But if there's ever one that it really should apply to more than anyone, it's Andre Drummond. Like that's what you that's him at his best. You know, and I think you saw some of that yep. in the Orlando game, you know. Um, but it's when I look at the box score and I see him like, you know, five for fourteen. You know... Bunch
0: of turnovers. Yeah. Oh,
1: you know. Andre. He's
0: almost almost too good of a passer for his own good. Like, he can make certain really great passes, but, like, not consistently. And so they bait him into thinking that he can make, like, these, like, almost, like, LeBron-level passes that at times he attempts, but he is not LeBron in terms of floor vision. And, you know, just, like, stuff where... Like, you should see that guy coming, and he's even gotten on himself after games and whatever. I I think that you're hitting on exactly what the Lakers need Drummond to do, and it is a cliche, but it's something that guys have talked about. Beyond that, like, though, you know, it's just, like, the rebounding. Everyone talks about rebounding, you know, like Chris Herring of Sports Illustrated wrote a really great feature, kind of centered on Andre Drummond about the declining value of rebounding in the NBA. One of the ways that I do think that Andre Drummond can really benefit this team, though, is with his rebounding, not just from like a stats perspective of, oh, he had like X many rebounds, but, you know, especially when LeBron and AD are out there, every offensive rebound, and he's one of the best offensive rebounders in NBA history by percentage. I think he's like first or second in that metric uh, for his career. You know, every single one of those is an extra possession for LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the playoffs. Like if he can get those, that's a huge deal especially for an offense that has struggled to score in the half court, getting them extra opportunities, playing volleyball on the gra- glass, like this kind of stuff, it really can make a difference. I think he's been a better perimeter defender than I really expected. He's actually, it's actually around the rim where I've, you know, I, he has this reputation as like this really strong defensive player. And, you know, with big men, you always think like, oh, shot blocker. It's a guy that's like going to go up and contest a bunch of shots. And he really like, kind of sucks at contesting shots around the basket for the most part when he's not getting a shot block. Um, He's not the greatest, like, he's not as good at boxing out as you'd think he would be for a guy with kind of his rebounding resume. And Mm. But, like, overall, he does some things in terms of, like, he's shooting better since joining the Lakers, and that will, like, better than he did in Cleveland, and that will only continue when LeBron gets back, one would imagine. And so I think that, like, you know... There has been – I think it's become fashionable to, like, you know, criticize the Lakers for this to a degree in some circles. And I just don't think – like, I think he's been okay so far. And I think he will get better when LeBron comes back.
1: Yeah, and and rebounding – and I, I read that Chris Herring piece. I thought it was very good. Uh, but I also kind of thought to myself, like, rebounding is undervalued or declining in value until your team can't do it. Then you really want to yeah. – <laughs> so, That's true. You know the rebounding's you know you know uh, over overrated until you know Chris Bosh grabs that rebound. You know, and Tim Duncan's on the bench, and Ray Allen hits the game game time three. You know, like it's 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 diminishing value until it's not. And and so if Andre Drummond can kind of save the legs of Anthony Davis and LeBron James a little bit, you know, yeah. that's a huge help to the team. A huge help to the team. And I also say in terms of Andre Drummond's offense. You, you know, look, he's rarely going to be the best offensive player, you know, on a given night. That's fine. I'll also say, you know, if you look at his advanced numbers, the last three years, um, you know, he's averaged something between, like, 15, 16 points a game on, like, 55% true shooting. It's not super efficient, but it's also not liability. Like, he's okay, you know?
0: Yeah, it's not great for a guy of, like, the kinds of shots he gets, but no, it's, no, it's, it's good enough it's to great. get by.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not, it's not great. You know, I yeah. wouldn't even say it's good, you know. I would say it's, like, it's, like, acceptable-ish, you know, given— Especially
0: considering that the looks he's going to get are going to be even easier when LeBron comes back, when yeah. these— Like, if they start to gel. And then if they don't gel, it doesn't matter anyway, you know, and so—
1: Right, and, you know, what's interesting to me also, like, this is a guy that— And, and the other thing that, the interesting, what, what's also interesting to me about Drummond is that— and he was like a 30% free throw shooter early on in his career, like one of the worst in history. And he, by sheer work ethic turned himself into someone who's now in the 60, 65 range. That's virtually unheard of. Who does that? No, you know, like usually people that stay free th- are bad free throw shooters. They don't usually get much better at it. Not really. Usually they get much. There, there are good free throw shooters that get a lot worse, like Tim Duncan and you know Antoine Walker or Rondo, whatever. You know
0: Nick but, Anderson.
1: Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so anyway, I, I think Drummond's. You know, I think he's going to be okay. You know, now, the question I think for Lakers fans is like, is the best version of the Lakers good enough to beat the best versions of other teams they will come across? So that means so that. That's
0: actually the thing that I want to talk about uh, really quickly after the break. I want to get into kind of the case against Andre Drummond helping and about that best case scenario for the Lakers and whether or not it even includes Andre Drummond when the minutes really matter. So we're going to talk about that really quickly here in a second. All right, so I cut you off, but you we we had to we had to take a break. We had to pay some, you yep. know, we don't we at the we are not the New York Times. We don't have like subscription revenue to uh, you know, support <laughs> us. So we we had to throw some ads in there and pay. I understand that was unfamiliar for you, but yeah, go ahead yep, and yep. continue on Andre Drummond and uh like the best version of the Lakers.
1: Um so, you know, if Andre Drummond plays at the level that he made an all NBA team at, you know, and Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis and LeBron James is LeBron James. You know, I, I am very curious to see if if the best version of that team can beat, you know, the best version of the Nets or the best version of, um, you know, the Clippers, you know, or, you know, the Jazz or whomever else, you know, they they come across. As far as what version of the Lakers will be in the playoffs, I mean, I, I'm I'm so bad at predictions, you know, so I don't make them, but it's hard for me to see that it will be the best version of this team because we don't know what, what you know, in mid thirties, Le- LeBron is going to be like coming off a layoff. Yeah. We haven't seen Anthony Davis be the Anthony Davis that we know him to be yet. And Andre Drummond, you know, the issue with him isn't physical shape. Like, he he's in pretty good, you know,
0: it's not conditioning. He appears to have mostly played himself back into shape now. Yeah, like, it was a little spotty a, at the beginning. He seems to be all right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's not a conditioning issue. He's healthy. Yeah. With him, the best version of himself, can he, rec- does he know what that is? Does he know what the best version of himself is? You know, and, and, you know, and can he figure that out in the next, you know, 10, 15 games? That's a really big ask to make. So to me, it's very likely, you know, that the Lakers enter the postseason, you know, not as the best version of themselves, you know, maybe not even a good version of themselves. The question is whether that's enough to survive until they have to be the best version of themselves, if that makes sense.
0: No, I I totally get what you're saying. And I don't think like, like, before people get angry, like the Lakers not being the best version of themselves entering the postseason, like that's almost an like that's almost a certainty at this point because like you would hope that that's not going to be the best version of themselves because that's going to be, you know, they have 11 games left right now. It doesn't look like LeBron James is going to be back tomorrow or tonight whenever you're listening to this when they play against the Washington Wizards. He'll probably return, it seems like, uh, you know, based on all the rumors and stuff that we're hearing over like, you know, uh, over this next homestand probably. But that leaves with like 10 games max to get ready and kind of get on the same page with all these guys for the playoffs they're going to need a little bit of a break in terms of their first round matchup that might be a really tough first round series or it's going to probably be a tough first round series almost regardless of who they play but you know kind of the more interesting thing to me is what you hit on about like is Drummond part of even their best case scenario. And I think it really is matchup dependent, which is another kind of interesting dynamic on this team because it's like, okay, let's say they play the nuggets in the first round, like Drummond should have some utility there as a guy that is big can kind of, you know, at least like, you know, with his perimeter defensive skill, you'd think that he'd be able to kind of stay in front of Jokic, like kind of bother him a little bit in terms of making passes. He has really oh, quick hands. You would yeah. think that he could be of utility there, but like if they play, the Clippers, like, I don't know, like, does he have as much utility in that series? Like, probably not, you know, at least in terms of, I think he has a lot against the Nets, we saw, as, as, like, being able to beat them up inside. Those offensive rebounds are really valuable against yeah. a team that can't rebound at all, and well, so...
1: I I think if, okay, so the Lakers are right now fifth, they're, um... if They're they set some, to play you know, the
0: Nuggets if this holds, yeah.
1: Yeah, if they, if they somehow face Utah in the playoffs... I could see Drummond being very useful, you know?
0: Oh, that's but, interesting you say that because I actually see that as more of a Gasol series, but that might be instead of Trez maybe potentially based well, on I don't what think he's it, I don't over think the past week. War.
1: I think it's yeah. it definitely a series with all those guys. You know, Gasol across the floor and, you know, but but given that Gobert is one of the, again, this is where Andre Drummond would need to be the best, you know, recognize what he's great at. He's a great rebounder. So is Rudy Gobert, you know? Drummond's best utility in that series is to help keep Gobert off the boards right he's Um, not I would worry about that though just
0: because that at least so far with the Lakers that has not been his thing in terms of keeping guys off the boards to get other guys rebounds and just like keeping them away like his thing is like I'm gonna grab this rebound and if it's not really in my range I don't know how much I'm gonna box out like that kind of
1: so but he yeah I mean he's He has. The he's skill going to have to buy into that. Yes, yes. that's that. That's what I mean. He has to be. He has to be the best version of himself. He has to recognize. Yeah. That. Um. You know, Phoenix. I. You know, Phoenix is a series where you know it's like if they had, if the Lakers face Phoenix, I'm like, I, I don't. I don't know what Drummond. If this version that we've seen with the Lakers, I don't know what Drummond's doing against Phoenix. I, I don't. I don't know what he's doing. You know, because you just you just pick and roll, and play him off the floor. Although the same yeah. thing applies to Gasol for that matter, but you know, um, and then you know the Clippers. I, you know, I agree with you there. You know, um, the Mavericks I think would be a really tough you know Drummond series, uh, but again that that is. Is- I actually, I,
0: I felt like he was pretty good in especially that second Mavericks game. Like, they lost, obviously, and their trapping of Luka didn't work in the end because, but that was less on, like, I thought Drummond did really good at doing his job for the most part in those sets and, like, staying in front of Luka and kind of making that difficult. Where, like, where the Lakers fell apart was the backside rotations in, the, in those yeah. games. Like, I actually think, again, like, it's become one of these things where people are like, oh, like, Drummond's on the floor. It's, like, almost chalking it up. Like, some of those were AD's miscues as he was kind of getting his legs back under him and readjusting to a new front court partner like he was really good in the trap too like you know they're gonna have to just learn to communicate and cover for each other a little bit better like we saw it you know we were talking about this on the podcast last week but there were a couple plays in a row where the Mavericks were just like no one should be getting that many dunks against a Lakers defense that's this big and that's just miscommunications like that's not that the Lakers suck at defense all of a sudden like that's just guys are not tagging who they're supposed to guys are not kind of like contesting shots where they're supposed to they don't know where they're supposed to be and that's something that you would think you know with 10 games left to play you could start to clean up a little bit
1: yeah there's also uh, you know listen to me the the lakers also have an issue Is like they've got to win some of these games you know they got they got to you know the there's how many games left there's a 12 12 13 14 they, they have left?
0: 11 so they, they have Boy, 11 i'm not sure how yeah. many like the mavs and other teams I mean, have
1: and the lakers are i mean it's i don't think they're in that much danger but you could see a world in which they maybe fall to seven you know, and I'm not saying Dallas, it's open. that would take. I don't take think a, that's going to happen because Dallas all That would take a free fall of like you know. Yeah, that, but they also can't rest really comfortably in the last. No, well, and they that, also you know. That LeBron and AD have had a lot of
0: rest now. Like, these guys, you know, AD, I asked him last night, like, you know, are you feeling healthy enough to play in back-to-backs down the stretch? Like Frank said, that's the plan. He's like, he just basically said, he's like, Harrison, I've missed 30 games. Like, I don't want to sit out anymore. Like, I'm ready to play. And so I think that, like... At least, that's one of the few silver linings of this long stretch is those guys don't need much rest. But yeah, like, I mean, the Mavs losing to the Kings last night was really huge because that, uh, like, kind of pushed the Mavs. Like, that should have been a game that the Mavericks would be projected to win. And that kind of allow- gives the Lakers a little bit of breathing room. They have to win enough down the stretch still. They're not, like, out of danger, but... Portland has been such a mess lately. Dallas has been kind of like infuriating their fans all season. And so I'm confident that the Lakers can stay where they are because they really do like, you know, if you're picking a first round opponent for them, they really do kind of need to stay in that spot and at least get that first series against the Nuggets because like, Playing the Clippers right now, I know nobody wants to hear that, like, the Clippers could beat the Lakers, whatever. With those two big wings, like, they do present a problem, and, you know, like, I-, I think that there's also, like, the Lakers want to be a little bit more gelled with this group before they take on a challenge like that. I think Denver would be a little bit of an easier series for them, at least to begin they the play.
1: already, I mean, they've already, they already beat Denver.
0: And, and and they beat Denver with Jamal Murray. Now Denver is missing him. I mean Michael Porter Jr. This is a different version of him than it was last year, but that's still an easier series than the Clippers, even like also, as well yeah, as Jokic's just playing. Uh,
1: you know, this is a Nuggets team, which again I really don't get me wrong. I, 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 Jokic is having an amazing season, and he's an amazing player, and all that stuff. But I mean, look, they 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 lost Jeremy Grant. You know, they they Jamal uh, Jamal Murray's gone. You know, um, it's it, it's it's tough because. Jokic, it's it would just be a tough draw for the Nuggets, you know, to have you know you're yeah. having you're having an MVP season and because of a kind of an injury to LeBron James, you end up facing you know the Lakers in the first round. That's a tough draw. Uh, I feel yeah, I feel I've, this. Uh...
0: this yeah, that's pretty bright. I mean, I'd feel bad for them, I'd feel bad for their fans, but yeah, anyway, uh, let, I want to get back oh, to really, really quickly.
1: Would you really feel that bad? For I Nuggets? would,
0: I would feel bad. I actually have a lot of Nuggets fans friends. I like, I would, I would I feel bad for them. I would not yeah. stop me from making we believe jokes, there but you like, there you know, you I, I would feel bad for them privately, publicly, okay. I would troll the hell out of them, privately, go. I would feel bad.
1: Yes. Anyway, I'm sorry, I, um, you. I apologize.
0: No, that's fine. I want to just going back to Drummond. Like, I I think that all of this, like, like, uh, you know, I had a couple other notes here that I wanted to talk about. Like he actually, like, we kind of touched on it. Like he might be a worse finisher than advertised, even though he's been kind of, he's been finishing better with the Lakers, but it's funny by eye test, you remember all the misses. And it's like, like there are plays where like he shoots the ball and it looks like it's his first time shooting ever. Uh, Like he just, (laughs) like he has, Some of the worst touch I think I've ever seen from a player his size. But that said, like, he still makes enough of them. Like, they rattle in and they're, like, frozen ropes heading towards the rim. But, like, he makes enough of them that even though it's not pretty, I agree with you, that, like, he could play. But, like, my point is more that I I think on some level we're overanalyzing all of this. Because, to me, the main thing, like, with Drummond and all of this is, like, I don't know that he's the guy that's on the floor like when this stuff really, really matters for the Lakers because, like, bottom line, if he's playing down the stretch of games, it 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 means one of two things: like things have gone really, really well for Andre Drummond, like he is playing incredible if he is closing games and stuff like that, and like, or things have gone very, very poorly if you need Andre Drummond to stay on the floor and you're not going to your AD at center lineups, it like you know it means the AD is not looking as good as he should or whatever, and so like I, I think that ultimately you know, everyone wants to analyze the new thing and everyone wants to analyze the new addition and all of that stuff. But I'm just not sure that this actually, you know, is as big of a deal as I think everyone is making it out to be. Like, I think he's fit in fine. And that's kind of been my largest takeaway from both this conversation and, you know, looking through the stats and stuff leading up to it. Like, I think he's been okay. And I think that if the Lakers need him to be better than that, then something has gone horribly wrong.
1: Yeah, and, and if you look at his numbers, you know his true shooting percentage is fifty four percent, not good. You know, yeah, but it's not a liability either. You know, you're okay. You know, he's shooting fifty percent from the field. You know, you want a big man who plays most around the basket to be better than that, but it's not like, you know, it's not like, um, you know, it's not it's not it's not terrible. You know, it's 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 it's, it's, it's acceptable. You know, I and actually, also some
0: of that is him padding his own rebound numbers so that he can make it to the Hall of Fame eventually. Yeah. You know, well, I was he, he's
1: say, on- <laughs> I was say, you know, like, you, know <laughs> you know, I've watched Andre Drummond play quite a bit, and one of my one when I sometimes when I watch him, I'll go, oh, like three of these thirteen rebounds a game are him just missing his own putbacks. You know, that's definitely-
0: no, it's like watching the most talent, like the biggest player in a youth rec league. Sometimes, where like he's just like bricking <laughs> shots at the rim, but like just grabbing them is like these tinier guys just fly off of him. Right. I, my youngest brother, that was him. That was his rec league game. Like when he was growing up, I was his yeah. like coach when he was like in fifth grade or something. And our entire strategy was we get the ball to Forrest and then we let him play volleyball off the rim until right. it finally goes in because he was the he was the shack of that league. He sadly, you know, his NBA dreams were never able to be realized because he topped out around six four, but. You know, that's what Andre Drummond looks like, is the most talented fifth grader in the NBA, where he's just like finishing his own rims or like his own shots around the
1: rim. And I'm interested. I, I'm, I, I think 10 games is enough for this to be an interesting sample size. His defensive box plus, plus minus is 1.9, which is a career high for him. Like that's it. Yeah. You, know, you know, so I mean, there are some things he's doing well, doing right. You know, there's there's there he's doing. Oh, he's I think you you've put it best. He's been OK you know? Yeah. Like I I don't,
0: anyone that was expecting him to come in and like, I I know he's like a former all-star. I think he's made two games. Like, you know, like I know there's all this stuff attached. It's like, oh, how like there were people on one end were like, how did they let the Lakers get this all-star you know, that's 27 entering his prime and there are people on the other end, they're like, LOL, Andre Drummond sucks at basketball. Like, it's in the middle. And I think that that's totally fine for where the Lakers are at. And I think he's been, like, he has been a helpful player. There have been some very loud miscues. I've made jokes about them on this podcast, as of you, but like that is again that's part of the Andre Drummond experience and I think that sometimes like we miss that he's actually he's done a lot of things right too like when he yeah. does things wrong it's like it's sort of like that JaVale thing where it's horribly wrong like something went really really <laughs> bad and it looks yeah. terrible but when it, like it, he does some of the quieter things right too and I think that he deserves to get credit for that as well like I, I think that he's been Totally fine. And I, again, like I wanted to have this conversation because I wanted to find someone who could agree with me who is not in the middle of the basketball Rorschach test that Lakers Twitter is currently going through with him.
1: Right. And 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 remember, like you want him to be a helpful player. You don't want him to be your one of your two best players. You know, and he's not. He. That's no. Not something has gone very be. wrong. If he is, right. uh, if he that's is the what, what the Lakers play. to do, and he hasn't had a chance. You know, really, until LeBron comes back. You know, like. Like if he if he if he maxes out as okay and helpful, okay if that's what the, if that's the most that he does, but he does that with LeBron James and Anthony Davis also playing, you're, the Lakers are in really good shape. That means that means things are going pretty well.
0: No, that's also like for a veterans minimum guy, like Marquise Morris last year, all the love that he got for his play in the bubble. He was okay for the most part. He had series where he was really good and he had series like the one against the Nuggets where he was really bad. And like, but for the veterans minimum, when you are okay, that's like a stellar signing off the buyout market. And like, I think that's all the Lakers need Andre Drummond to be is they need him to be passable when he is on the floor. And like the the last thing to like, before we get out of here that I want to ask you about is as someone who has watched him and appreciated him for a lot longer than I, have although I feel like through the course of this episode you've recruited me to this Andre yeah. Drummond Island or like wait, like yeah. Waiters Island is like like that's played out. We need to come up with a, like uh, like I'm trying to think of like like Drummond Iceberg or something like because he's the penguin. I don't know. Like we got to find like some type of formation for us to exist on uh, as Andre Drummond appreciators. But like d- as someone who's watched him for a long time, do you feel like the LeBron- This is going to sound like a stupid question, but do you feel like LeBron James will help him? Like because there's been this almost like. Well, he doesn't really dunk. He's not that kind of big, whatever. Like, do you feel like having a player like that, like to set him up and spoon feed him? Like, do you feel like that makes a difference on the finishing and the efficiency and all that stuff, even with his skill set and his occasional stone hands? Uh,
1: Harrison, LeBron could make you get you two points a game in the NBA. I don't know if that's true. You have not seen me play. I don't I, I, I don't I'm need to. Not don't
0: hung... need to. If you Unless LeBron put the... me on his shoulders and boosted me
1: up towards <laughs> Listen, the rim. If you stood under the bu- bucket in an NBA game, the entire offense game which is like Harrison, you stand underneath the basket, okay? The Lakers just wouldn't win, but LeBron could get you two points a game. That's how good he be. <laughs> well, yes, points.
0: Two team. points, 10 block shots, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know. I, Quite career ending James. injury. Yeah.
1: LeBron has never, oh, sorry, Andre Drummond has never played next to a finisher or a creator anywhere near in the stratosphere. In the stratosphere of LeBron James. You know, he's yeah, never, I was
0: going to say, like, who is the best passer that he's played with before maybe, now?
1: Reggie Jackson when he was in Detroit? Yeah. That's it. And Reggie Jackson. A, a, like, a, yeah, like, I don't know. But, I don't know.
0: It's got to be, it's probably is Reggie Jackson. With-
1: well, actually, I'm sorry. I actually take that back. It's probably Sexton or Garland.
0: I don't know. I don't know if they were there yet when he was there. Like they've made a lot of growth in that as the year has gone yeah. on. But yeah, no, you no, might. No, be no,
1: right. That's true. You know, but but before this year, he never played with a top level creator. So yeah, LeBron helps improve every, improves everybody's game. That's what he does. That's what he does all career. He made the finals with Sasha Pavlovich as a starting guard on his team. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, and and you know, and I he, I'm just you know. Of course he's gonna help Andre Drummond. Um Drummond, you know, for you know, is he a great finisher under the basket bu- bucket? No, but he's gonna get so many more open looks. You know, he's gonna get so many more um he's gonna he's gonna get his the game's gonna be much easier to for him. If there's one thing that Drummond does do well, is that he, he 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 doesn't he doesn't do great at finishing around the bucket, but he does absorb contact well. You know, I think that's something that he does okay. Like when you play with LeBron, I think that's a huge. When you get get open looks under the bucket, you know, and they come and they, and they, and, they, and then they collapse on you, you know, I, I could see a lot more and ones coming in Andre Drummond's future when LeBron's playing. But yeah, now, but what is that? I do? see what, what you're better? saying. Yeah, well, I see well,
0: what you're saying. I sort of disagree uh, just in the sense, like maybe this is partially skewed by me watching Trez all year and him actually like finishing upwards through contact. Yeah. Drummond, he does take contact well and still get a shot up. Like I, I will give him that, but like <laughs> he, finishes, he finishes like 2011 Derrick Rose, like around the writ like, like on some of the, it's like just go through the guy. It drives me crazy where all like right. he does take the contact and still get the shot off. Like it's not gonna get blocked or whatever, but he's like double clutching it and like Leaning backwards towards like towards the floor to get it off. And it's like, dude, you're like you're seven feet tall. You're like one of the heaviest players in the NBA. Just go through him. But I mean, at this point, he's probably not going to do that. Like, I don't think that like 20 games of watching Trez, he's gonna be like, Oh yeah, I should just like dunk. Yeah, right.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but with that being said, like LeBron makes everyone's life easier on the floor. Yeah. You know, um, it's just as you know, Drummond's hands are okay, as long as he catches LeBron's passes, it's like, yeah you um lebron's also i think really skilled at getting people the ball where they like it and, yeah and, the, and no
0: that, that's like our, of all of his skills that might arguably be his best one it's like knowing exactly where a guy wants the ball to catch it to finish it
1: and you know when andre drummond and in, in, you know wants to create for himself like having anthony davis next to him a guy who's like an automatic mid-range shooter a guy who can spread the floor you know, having shooters, having more shooters around him, and that's another way LeBron helps too, because LeBron's you know a pretty pretty has developed into a pretty good shooter. Um, that'll open up space for him too, for Drummond for the for the time that he wants to go for his jump hook, or try to try to hit the spin move or, or whatever. Like that'll be helpful to him. Of course, it will be. Yeah,
0: the and customers. so, like, that's the thing. I, I agree with you on that front because I think, like, for Drummond, you know, a lot of the time right now, like, well, Anthony Davis has the ball. They have him stationed in the dunker spot or somewhere like that. Like, just waiting to go up and try and get an offensive rebound. Like, he's really focusing on that, especially since AD came back as the creator. Like, when LeBron did that and he's get uh, comes back and he's doing that and he's getting to the basket, your options as a center who is responsible for guarding Andre Drummond ostensibly are not incredible in terms of it's like, do I let... LeBron power through whatever helpless defender is in front of him and just finish at the rim? Or do I go contest it and leave Andre Drummond for a very easy dump-off pass around the rim? Like, I think that Andre Drummond is going to get, as much as he's not known for, like, dunking and, you know, being, like, a, you know, powerful, like, Dwight S. Dunker or something like that, like, he's going... When he's open, he's going to dunk. And I do think that that is somewhere where like, or, you know, if that guy comes over and LeBron puts the shot up, LeBron's going to get a ton of Kobe assists just off In of way, like Drummond just grabbing the ball and putting it back.
1: I think you're asking the wrong question, by the way. The wrong, the question isn't whether LeBron will help Drummond. Of course he will. The question is whether Drummond will life, whether Drummond will make life easier or harder for LeBron.
0: That's, the That's fair. Yeah. And no, and- that, that honestly, I mean, what do you think?
1: I don't know because we don't know what <laughs> version of LeBron. Yeah. are you going to get the kind of version of Drummond who decides to go one on four in the paint for no reason sometimes is that is that what, is that what Andre Drummond are getting or are you getting the guy who picks his spots who um who who focuses on rebounding and defense you know who but but even if he does all that there's also a problem of Drummond doesn't have a lot of range right so yes that, that's like, the biggest want, concern for me so, so for someone like LeBron, who drives a lot, who goes into the paint, well, is it going to be too crowded down there because defenders know that Drummond can't do anything from beyond five ten feet out, you know?
0: And, and, and that's he- the most realistic concern, I think. And that's where it's also like, I, I come back to the point of like, does, in the end, how big of a difference does that make? Because if it becomes a large problem, like the Lakers aren't just going to keep playing. Like they can say, like, we promised them starters minutes, we da da Like if it gets to the playoffs and Andre Drummond is you know, like clogging up the paint for LeBron, Andre Drummond is going to be benched and it's going to be Marcus all to space the floor or it's going to be Trez to kind of give you like a smaller, kind of more mobile guy or it's going to be another, or it's going to be Anthony Davis as yeah. a small ball five. Like it's not going to be if they are having issues offensively to the point where LeBron is struggling, Andre Drummond is not going to be in the game if he is creating that much spacing issues and he's not making life easier on LeBron. And so that's where I just come back to, like, you know, maybe we all are. I, I say this as the guy who just organized a 40 minute podcast on Andre Drummond, but maybe like maybe we are all overthinking this a little bit because, again, for all the promises and all of that stuff, like I he's going to be benched if he's not helping.
1: And, and and this is this is where not having the reps, not having the games together to figure things out, it, it kind of hurts. Yeah, you know, this is where not having more than ten games together to to figure things out and 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 for LeBron to see where he likes Drummond, et cetera, et cetera. That that's that's where I could see that being an issue. But we don't know. LeBron's a good enough player where he might he'll he'll figure it out on the fly. You know, and and so, um, you know, I think. That, listen. Drummond. The bottom line is Drummond's been okay, and I think the Lakers will be fine.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And so uh, that concludes 40 minutes of a podcast <laughs> to get to the point of Drummond is fine. Everything's going to be all right. Um, but no, Sapan, so I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, do you have anything that you want to promote before we get out of here? Uh, no,
1: not, not, not right now. I mean, when I, when I do my book next year, uh, I'll be back on, we'll find, we'll find another reason to talk, spend 40 minutes talking about Andre Drummond and then we can promote. Yes. We'll
0: talk about, we'll talk about your fiction novel, uh, and then like tie it back to Andre. No, but like, honestly, plug the last book you wrote. You're like, you're, you're too, you're being too, uh, like you're being too nice right now. Like just at least I brought you on here for 40 minutes. Plug your book. It's excellent.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I wrote a book called mistranslations, a memoir about reconnecting with my family. Um, Uh, I think you read it, Harrison. Thank you. Uh, Yes, I did. Appreciate it. Um, um, Yeah, but that's, that's pretty much all I've got going on right now.
0: Yeah, it is. I will, I will tell everyone listening. It's not Lakers related, not even a little bit, but it is a really, really good and uh, story. And if you ever felt like, like even as someone who is not like a child of immigrant parents or anything, like I really related to the story just in the sense of like, I think all of us struggle to connect with our parents for different reasons or to relate to them. And it was like, I think the most human and nuanced portrayal of kind of that strange relationship of like, I mean, obviously again, like your relationship with your parents was different than mine, but like of people that we grow up you know in the same household like they they help raise us and it's just like but you also don't you can never fully understand them until you were an adult and even then it takes a lot of empathy to go down that journey and like I I thought you did it really well and it made me feel closer to my parents I actually gave it to my wife to read and like help her kind of think about her relationship with her parents differently like it was really like I you know you're my friend and so I, I would promote whatever you did anyway but uh this was genuinely really good it was like really profound I thought.
1: Well, thank you so much, man. I very much appreciate it. I'm looking forward to being back on when I'm wrong about everything that I said today.
0: No, yeah, I'm like if he's really bad in the playoffs, I'm going to bring you back on to apologize <laughs> to <listeners> for some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that one Anthony will be here for Anthony's gonna show up and just be like I was right even though I wasn't here for the first one Andre Drummond sucks like uh now he's gonna click that but uh mm-hmm. I'll just cut that part out but no seriously Sapan thank you for coming on people can follow you on Twitter at Sapan and uh, just spelled S-O-P-A-N-D-E-B I believe um and uh and you know you can follow me on Twitter at hmfagen hmf a i g e n. This has been the Silver Screen and Roll podcast, and we will ca- we will be back with another episode after the Lakers play the Wizards tomorrow.